All right. Do you want to start this off by apologizing to the listeners for how long we'll be keeping them here? Listen, folks, um, I have a lot to say. <laughs> I have a lot to say today. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> I'm ecstatic. I'm manic. You know what I feel like? I feel like Jillian Pensavale when she finally got to talk about McMillions. <laughs> Because <laughs> on true crime obsessed, yeah, because they were like doing a bunch of content that was really messing with their mental health, and then <laughs> they finally didn't do a rape or a murder or Tiger King, they were finally doing <laughs> you know a white collar crime, <laughs> and they just got to make fun of it. I've never seen McMillions, but they quite enjoy it, and we quite enjoy hairspray, <laughs> we quite enjoy hairspray. This is our McMillions. <laughs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where instead of the twig, we're the whole tree. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week, we are talking about the 2007 musical romantic comedy, Hairspray. I love this movie! (laughs) Oh my god! Folks, Ross is in rare form today. This is his favorite musical. It's my favorite musical, guys. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite movies. Like, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about this show. Granted... We are going to be ripping it apart a little bit today. (laughs) Yes, we are. There are some problematic tropes in this movie, and we will be calling them out. But, um, I just, my heart is full. My heart is full. This show is so much fun. I can anticipate that today will be a hefty episode. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) So buckle in. Guys, sit tight for the content. (laughs) Daddy made you your favorite. Open wide. God. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, in the queer month of June, practice the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to be able to join our little watch party. Help out a couple of queer siblings by sharing our show with somebody you love, somebody maybe you don't love. And folks, in our show notes, we're going to be providing a couple of links to how you can help with some uh, disenfranchised causes. Yeah, we're going to be posting links for Trans Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Open your purse if you are able, please. (laughs) Open your purse. All right, curtain going up. Curtain going up! (laughs) You're going to be insufferable. It was a time of tradition. A time of values. A time... People who are different, their time is coming. To shake things up. Not in Baltimore, it isn't. Hurry up, Penny, we're missing you. Starla. Holly. Noreen. Doreen. And I'm late. So And I'm Motormouth Maybell, pitching rhythm your way. Dancing on that show is my dream. <laughs> Want to be one of the nicest kids in town? Cut school tomorrow and come audition. No one in this house is auditioning for anything. But Mom! Uh, Amber? Save your personal life for the cameras, sweetie. Oh, shiny. Go on, get out there and show up. Wow. Hey, little girl, 
council member, Miss Tracy Turnblad. First the hair, now this. Tracy certainly has redefined our standards. That's for sure. <laughs> when you follow your own beat. We get any more white people in here, it's gonna be a suburb. The world will follow you. I think no one uses the start of a pretty big adventure. Oh, 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 you can't stop today. This is America. You gotta think big to be big. Big ain't the problem in this family, Wilbur. It started about, I don't know, 34 years ago. <laughs> in 1987, a filmmaker named John Waters. He was already, uh, you know, he, he, he had been on the rise for a minute. His films are kind of, you know, I feel like a little bit forgotten. He is really... Um, he really contributes to the whole, you know, camp classic that we see in our film viewing lexicon. Absolutely. Like he was his movies were the height of filth and wild plot points. It's because most of them are all fucking weird and gross. I like, love it though. He also had a best bud. <laughs> yes! I've been waiting to talk about this all week. John Waters' best bud and most frequent casting choice was a um <clears throat> a performer and entertainer by the name of Divine. Oh god, Divine. One of the most internationally recognized female impersonators that has ever existed. I know. I know. Like she was so fabulous. She was in all of his movies. Pink Flamingos is a personal favorite. That clip where she's being asked about her political views. Could you give us some of your political beliefs? Kill everyone now. Condone first degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. Take whatever you like. Filth is my politics. Filth is my world. I love it so much. So 1988, Hairspray hits theaters for the first time. And it's a New Line film. You know how I love me a New Line film. Yep. And basically, one of the biggest draws about this film was Divine was playing, again, a gender-bent character Mm -hmm. in which Tracy Turnblad, a hefty 16-year-old who just wants to sing and dance on television, is uh, looking to get beyond her mother's expectations for her in life. And her mother is played by Divine. The person that we really have have to thank for the current incarnation that we're talking about today is a woman named Margot Lyon. Margot Lyon, literally in like 95, 96, was looking through old movies and Hairspray was the one that really stuck out to her most. And she said, you know what? I, you know, I'm looking for a new project to do. Let's see if we can workshop this for the stage. And putting together the amazing team of Jack O'Brien, Mark Shaman, and Scott Whitman, it kind of became the new sensation on Broadway mm-hmm. in 2002, in August of 2002, close to your birthday. Another classic close to your birthday. Yay! In August of 2002, Hairspray opened on Broadway to rave reviews. It was, the you know, in a, in a long time, there hadn't been such a colorful 
production on Broadway. And oh, yeah. Like, all the projects that were famous at that time were pretty, like, deep and dramatic and emotional. But, like, Hairspray and Thoroughly Modern Millie with Sutton Foster mm-hmm. got big kind of, like, around the same time. It was a breath of fresh air. Hairspray won the Tony Award for Best Musical, Best Original Score, Best Actress for Marissa Jarrett Winoker, who originated the role of Tracy on stage, and... <laughs> A Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical for Mr. Harvey Firestein. Oh my God. Who originated the role of Edna Turnblad on stage, filling Divine Shoes from the 88 film. Oh my God. He did a really good job, he, too. He really did. He can't sing worth a damn, but like, he still won the Tony. Exactly. That's how good he was. <laughs> and I'm sure every other actor nominated with him in his category was pissed. <laughs> was pissed, but I really don't give a fuck. No, we- yeah. I'm mad for all I care. <laughs> all right, folks. So 2007, 2006, 2005, that area, Adam Shankman, who was a choreographer who had worked with the Broadway production of Hairspray before, he was like, you know what? This has got to come to the big screen. Get new line on the phone. Let's get this in motion. I love it when gays adapt musicals. $125 million profit. Ah! Hailed as one of the most successful movie musicals of all time. And, I mean, hey, what a group of talent we do have here. We are going to rip them apart, (laughs) some of them. And I get it. I understand why some of your casting opinions might be the way they are. But, like, (laughs) let's talk about it. All right. I'm going to run We've Got Names this week. Because I can't. No, (laughs) the list is very long, and we're going to try and get through this quickly. So, as you might have guessed it, We've got names. Okay. Playing Tracy Turnblad, we have Nikki Blonsky. <laughs> Nikki and Ricky. Nikki and Ricky, that's right. Isn't that great? Bless her heart, I haven't seen a single other thing she's in. No, she disappeared. Like, she didn't, like, fully disappear. She's been in a couple of television shows, but, like, th- she did this and, like, kind of dipped. Yeah, the only other thing I thought of was that she's in that Lifetime movie called Queen Sized, which is just basically the plot of Dumplin', but Dumplin's way better. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want to see Queen Size, just watch Dumplin', okay? But like Ricky Lake and Marissa Winokur, she is perfect for this role. Like, she is. She is Tracy. And I, I love when Adam Shankman talks about how when they were auditioning, you know, she came in, she knew all of Tracy's notes, all of Tracy's moves. You know, she loved this show from the time it came out. She used to work at an ice cream shop on Long Island. Oh, and no. she and her friends would go into the city to see Broadway shows, and Hairspray was one of her favorites. She's one of us, frankly. She really is. She is a fat Broadway baby, and we're in good company today, so I love it. Playing Edna Turnblad. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Playing Edna Turnblad, we have John Travolta. I'm sorry he shines, but not the best choice. (laughs) The star of Urban Cowboy, Grease, Saturday Night Fever, and the first proverbial Scientology show pony. (laughs) Guys, why is John Travolta in Scientology? Like, God, I don't like John Travolta, but also part of me feels for him. But like you said, he does look like he's having a lot of fun. I mean, I commend anyone who can get dressed up, who can spend five hours of their morning and evening collectively. (laughs) That's ten hours getting in and out of all that fucking makeup and rubber and then dancing and singing around in hot lights. Like it doesn't even bother him. Like he just, I mean, he really does shine in this role, but like mm, problematic is all I'm saying. Moving on. 
Playing Velma Von Tussle, our main antagonist today, is the wonderful, the beautiful Michelle Pfeiffer. Guys, having the stars of Grease and Grease 2 in this movie musical together is great energy. It's so much power. It brings so much to it. Uh, you'll remember her when we did Grease 2 way early on in our kicking and streaming coverage. She was in Scarface, Batman Returns as Catwoman. She was in Dark Shadows, and she can absolutely have me. She was in that stupid movie where the star falls down. Stardust! Stardust, How yeah. How dare you call that a stupid movie? This looked kind of stupid. <laughs> Anyways. Playing Tracy's best friend, Penny Pingleton, please welcome back Miss Amanda Bynes. Gosh, she was with us when we did um, She's the Man. She's also in Big Fat Liar, What a Girl Wants, Easy A, and famously hosted The Amanda Show when we were children. She's such a big part of our childhood. I know. And the fact is, she is persona non grata, and I make it makes me really sad. She needs her time. She needs her space. Hollywood fucked her up as a young person. They sure did. Amanda, please. Please be well. <laughs> Sorry. Amanda, please. Uh, playing Wilbur Turnblad in one of my least favorite casting choices of the whole movie, we have Christopher Walken. Famously complicit in the death of Natalie Wood. See, that's the thing. I didn't write down anything that he was in because I have only <laughs> I have only one thing to say to him and one thing only. What happened to Natalie Wood? I'm not saying you did it. I'm saying you know something. Just out with it already. Okay, but just like real quick. I mean, Annie Hall, Ants, Vendetta. Uh, Pulp Fiction, he's in the really bad Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. Playing Motormouth Maybell, we have Ms. Dana Owens, better known as Queen Latifah. Please support black lesbians. Absolutely! <laughs> uh, she was with us when we did Valentine's Day, like February, so long ago. She was the star of Living Single in the 90s. She's the star of Beauty Shop, The Last Holiday, and she's also an accomplished recording artist. Like, as a big lady, she has always been a favorite and a role model for me, ever since I was a little weigh-in. Yeah, guys, she is speckled throughout your film viewing lexicon. Like, I love Queen Latifah. She's great in everything. Playing Corny Collins, host of the Corny Collins Show, we have James Marsden. He's my type! <laughs> Sorry. Short, pale, and brunette. <laughs> Sing well. <laughs> you know James Marsden from Zoolander, Enchanted, 27 Dresses, and the X-Men movies. He's Cyclops. Like, <laughs> He's also one of those guys that looks close enough to play Kennedy in things. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> he could be Kennedy. Not really, but like, you know what I'm saying. Playing Amber Von Tussle today, we have Brittany Snow, famous for her roles in teen films like John Tucker Must Die, Prom Night, and the Pitch Perfect series. She's great for when you need that rude-ass girl in high school that everyone loves to hate. Playing Link Larkin today, we have Zach Efron. A 20-year-old Zach Efron. Yeah, that's it. he's 20 in this movie, yeah. so allow me, allow me to be gross. <laughs> he is that overgrown frat boy that I love to look at. He famously got his start in the high school musical franchise, and then he finally got a haircut and started playing adults in movies like Dirty Grandpa, The Greatest Showman. He played Ted Bundy in the Ted Bundy movie. I love watching that movie. I know. Like, it's a, like, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile it's a terribly long film title but i still like that movie 
playing seaweed stubs, we have Mr. Elijah Kelly. So underrated. Woefully underrated performer. Oh, my God. Like, he was in 28 Days, Take the Lead. He was in The Butler. You've seen The Butler. I love The Butler. He played Charlie Gaines. Like, I just, I love him. I wish he were in more things. And he's an exquisite performer. Yeah. I'm surprised he's not more mainstream than he is. Playing Prudence Pingleton, please welcome back Ms. Allison Janney. Hi, babe! <laughs> it's so great to have you back! Guys, she was with us when we did The Help. She was with us when we covered the pilot of The West Wing. My she- comfort character, C.J. Craig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was also in Juno when we covered Juno. That's right. She's in Finding Nemo, I, Tanya. We love Allison Janney We love here. her. We love her to death. Girl, call us. Playing Little Miss Inez Stubbs, we have Taylor Parks. Taylor Parks actually had a very sparse film and television career, but what you might not know is that she's written more than a few songs that you might know and love. She's co-written three Billboard Hot 100 Top 10 singles, including High Hopes by Panic of the Disco. Hold, wait, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lil Inez wrote High Hopes for Panic at the Disco. She co-wrote it with somebody else, but yeah, she definitely had a hand in that. What the absolute hell? And she was nominated for a Grammy for her work on Ariana Grande's album, Thank You, Next. What? Yes! Oh my god, I never knew this. This is great. Also, Jerry Stiller is here. Um, You might know him, father of Ben Stiller. (laughs) Famous for his uh, arc on The King of Queens. Wasn't he also on Seinfeld? Yes. Jerry Stiller was also... Also, in the original 1988 version of Hairspray... Didn't he play Wilbur? He played Wilbur. Oh, Jerry, welcome. He's here with us this week as Mr. Pinky. And then I have to mention these folks because they carry this soundtrack playing the dynamite. Oh. We have Nadine Ellis, Arika Rice, and Tani McCall, who are the best performers on this soundtrack. They carry it. It's not even a contest. And real quick, before we move on, guys, this is a story about, can we have our space? Right. You know what I mean? Can we please have our space to exist? This whole plot, I feel like, gets a little whitewashed away from the narrative that should be, we can be fat, we can be black, we can be queer, and we just need our space to do it. Right. And we're not going to stop. Just because you want us to, we're going to have our space, and you can't do shit about it. I love the sentiment. All right, let's get started. It's been too long. Lights up on one of the most corrupt cities in history, Baltimore, Maryland. It's 1962. Fuck! Things were not good. This is the era of segregation, Jim Crow, and uh, all the suffering. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Tracy Turnblad? (laughs) Tracy Turnblad is a very confident, aggressive teenager whose dream is to sing and dance on television. But, you know, Tracy is going to have a good day. She is waking up to the smiles and the streets that she loves. We open the movie with the famously bombastic opening number of Good Morning Baltimore. Why 
Why does she love this city so much? It's trash. <laughs> it's a white privilege, isn't it? Yeah, for real. I love what they've done with the production design for this song because they're just trying to make Baltimore look as dingy and dirty as it ever was. But still maintains color. Yeah. Like, I love it. We're in June 1962. It's actually May 30th when our story starts. Oh, well, We're coming up on Memorial Day. Like, she, like she's walking down the street talking about saying hello to the rats. And, and the bums. And the drunks. Oh, my God. <laughs> we get a cameo from John Waters himself. There's the flasher who lives next door. <laughs> John Waters is the flasher, and that is so perfect. <laughs> He's the weird, creepy guy. And don't forget my favorite part of this song. When she misses the school bus because she's too busy singing and she has to catch a ride with who, Ross? The garbage man! <laughs> this might be the best cut in the film. Oh, 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 don't make me wait one more moment for my life to stop. I love you, Baltimore. Every day's like an When it cuts to her after that She's on top of the garbage truck riding to school. <laughs> it's so funny because Baltimore was actual garbage. Like, she is a white woman in a bubble. She is a white child in a bubble. She has big dreams and... She's completely oblivious to the problems of the outside world. She wants so much. I know every step. I know every song. I know there's a place where I belong. And I'm like, Tracy, you be you, girl. Tracy is counting the minutes until she's out of school so that she and her best friend Penny can get back to her house in time for their favorite program, The Corny Collins Show, which is based on an actual TV show in the 60s. I think it's called it's called The Buddy Dean Show. Oh, really? Yes. And it was it it was a dance program in the 60s. And she loves her best friend Penny. And she's always, you know, exasperated with her mother, Edna. And (laughs) oh, and very loving of her father, Wilbur. Oh, Wilbur, who owns the joke shop the hardy har hut <laughs> so wilbur runs the hardy har hut joke shop and they live above it where edna who is extremely agoraphobic because of her immense size she's size 60 bless her heart triple e i love her i know the way she makes money is she runs a laundry service out of their apartment edna's occidental laundry what is that name <laughs> Anyways, tell us a little bit about Penny. Penny is a very sheltered kid who has a very Christian mother and a father who is in prison. Bless her sweet soul. Uh, her, my mother says I'm not allowed to perspire. <laughs> That's strict. I know. That is very strict. Her mother makes her read her Bible and all that good stuff, but Penny wants to feel sinful even just for a little bit, maybe just for 30 minutes every <laughs> afternoon. So we get sat down in front of the television and the Corny Collins show comes on and this takes us into the nicest kids in town. Hey there, teenage Baltimore! Don't change that channel because it's time for the Corny Collins show! Brought to you by Ultra Clutch Hairspray. Oh, every afternoon when the clock strikes four A crazy bunch of kids crash through that door, yeah. This is the catchiest, most racist song 
I know, right? Like, there's this obvious white supremacist undertone to this whole song that it's, you can't abide. It's kind of like a, a pop rock version of Tomorrow Belongs to Me from Cabaret. Oh, God. <laughs> no, not really, but... This song might as well be called The Whitest Kids in Town. <laughs> yes. Like, the the lyrics. The, the, remember, towards the middle of the song, when Corny goes, Nice white kids who like to lead the way, and once a month we have our ego day. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> because television was segregated just as much as real life. They only have one day a month where the black teenagers are allowed to be visible. And I bet no one watches. Oh my god, like, it's so gross and tokenizing, I just hate it. Also, this song encourages children to be stupid, lazy, and racist, but with that cool hip veil, like... <laughs> Can't tell a verb from a noun, they're the nicest kids in town. Roll call! Fender. Brenda. Sketch. Shelly. IQ. Luann. Joey. Mikey. Vicky. Becky. Vic. Jesse. Darla. Holly. Noreen. Doreen. And I'm Link. <laughs> and who are all the girls in love with? They're in love with Link Larkin, the star! They let us know from the very beginning of this story that Tracy is very into Link. And I mean, who wouldn't be? It's Zac Efron. Okay. John Travolta, I fucking can't. <laughs> Edna comes out. You must think my ears are garbage cans. Would you turn that racket down? I'm trying to iron here. Would you turn that racket down? <laughs> trying to iron here. How's the accent for you? It's great. John did a great <laughs> job with that Baltimore accent. I think it's a little cartoonish, but more to your point, that's probably the intention. Of course. So, um, ding dong, Brody's here. <laughs> Penny's mother is here. Penny immediately hides because she's not allowed to watch the Corny Collins show. Prudy's here to pick up her laundry from Edna. We hate Prudy. Prudy is a white supremacist and super Christian, and I hate her. She literally abuses her daughter mentally. Like, I hate it. It's the worst. So because one of the nicest kids in town is pregnant... There's going to be an opening on the cast, and the children of Baltimore are invited to skip school and audition for this spot on the team. And you know Tracy wants to be on this cast more than anything in the world. Mm -hmm. Want to be one of us? Cut school. <laughs> for real. Come on down to WYZT to audition. And of course Edna doesn't want her to do this. It's a big no from her. Edna doesn't think dancing is Tracy's future. Edna thinks Tracy is going to take over her business <laughs> as a laundress. And also, she doesn't want Tracy to get hurt through this process, right? Because they don't pick big girls to be on TV. She's worried she's going to audition and get really hurt. Yeah. However, Wilbur, Tracy's father, played by Chris Walken. What the fuck ever. Is far more supportive of Tracy's dreams to be on television. Daddy, tomorrow I'm auditioning to dance on a TV show. No, she what? is not. First the hair, now this. But the, all the kids are batting up their hair now, honey. You're no help. It's ratting, Daddy. And our first lady, Jacqueline Kennedy, does it. I don't believe that. What do you mean you don't believe that? How else would it look that way? I believe that it is naturally stiff. <laughs> naturally stiff? I just, I, I love Edna. I know. Edna's my favorite. All right, time to talk about one of my least favorite songs in this score. Front step, cha-cha-cha, back step, cha-cha-cha, side step, front step, back, 
and to O. Amber, look at this motley crew. Oh, this town sure has gone downhill since I was crowned Miss Baltimore Crabs. So we have Velma Von Tussle the manager of WYZT. She's the one that's in charge of casting, the time slots, you name it, she's got her big stinky nose in it. She is a white supremacist, wealthy, privileged producer. She's racist, fatphobic, anti-Semitic. You forgot former beauty queen. (laughs) Her daughter, Amber, is the show favored, not show favorite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's Link's girlfriend. Uh Uh-huh. Like, they are just the classic power couple. Tracy shows up to the station the next day to audition for the show. Penny has come along for moral support. I just love her. And Michelle Pfeiffer turns on the maximum attitude for this song because she's leading the auditions, right? It's called The Legend of Miss Baltimore Crabs. I hit the stage, but tons of plays Well, belting Aida and preparing to plays But that triple somersault is how I clinched Miss Baltimore Crabs Why on God's earth would they call it Miss Baltimore Crabs? That sounds like something I need penicillin to treat. Remember where one of our favorite documentaries takes place? The Keepers. Oh. Baltimore. Yeah. You'd let me treat you to a crab cake if you made that phone call for me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, crab. Crab is big in Baltimore. (laughs) It's a harbor town. Seafood's big. And I'm sure that was just the name. It's literally just a throwaway line in the 88 version, but Mark Shaman took it and made it a whole number. As expected, Velma is watching the girls dance, and Tracy is putting her whole heart into it. And this is where things get incredibly fatphobic. The girls in the cast are going after Tracy for her size, but that's not what ultimately disqualifies her from being cast. Do you dance like you dress? Amber, there's no need to be cruel. Would you swim in an integrated pool? I sure would. I'm all for integration. It's the new frontier. Not in Baltimore, it isn't. And may I be frank? First impressions can be tough, and when I saw you, I knew it. If your size weren't enough, your last answer just blew it. You ever just open your mouth and fuck up, but for the right reasons? Oh, all the time, baby. (laughs) That's what gets me put in Facebook jail. So Tracy doesn't get cast in the show. They don't like that she's a chubby communist. She sneaks back into school and gets sent down to detention. Also, no one is supervising this detention. It's just all these kids in this detention classroom dancing to music. Oh, they've got the radio on. They're dancing. They're having a good old time. Everyone's just dancing, vibing, being deprived of an education. Yeah. Like... That move swims. You got that right. The man can dive me on the dot of detention so long as he don't start me in my tombs, baby. Oh, hey. Does that dance have a name? Oh, this? Call it the Peyton Place After Midnight. I use it to attract uh, the opposite sex. This is where we meet Seaweed J. Stubbs, played by Elijah Kelly. He is fine. He is beautiful. He is also a favorite character of mine. He's got some of the best musical parts. He can sing. He can move. Seaweed is the lead dancer on the Corny Collins show on Negro Day. Uh Uh-huh. And Seaweed and Tracy bond immediately over their love of dancing. He's teaching her all his best moves. Like the Peyton Place After Midnight. Oh, I'm so glad you could remember what it was called, because I couldn't. On his way to the show, Link Larkin witnesses Tracy slap her own ass in detention. She embarrasses herself in front of Link. She doesn't realize that Link has opened the door. (laughs) How you liking detention now? I'm a bad, bad girl who needs to be punished. (laughs) 
throw myself out the second story window. That's it. I have to change schools. Slap your own ass, Tracy. <laughs> More power to you. She's mad in love with Link. I know. Link tells her that Corny is hosting the school dance tomorrow and that she should come out and dance in front of Corny so she might get on the show. Mm -hmm. Because they haven't filled that spot yet. No. Oh, God. And this takes us into another song I can't stand. I Can Hear the Bells. This is a hilariously shot number. (laughs) I can hear the bells. Just hear them chiming. song, but the scene is so funny. I love her wandering through the really smoky, cloudy teacher's lounge. Oh my god, you'd think there was a fog machine going in there. She goes into the bathroom and dons a toilet paper veil. (laughs) And then she goes peeping in the boys' room. She's singing in the window in the boys' room. Watching them comb their hair. Like, what the hell? Even when we die, we'll look down from up above. hate that this takes me back to all of the time that I wasted drooling over boys in high school. I hated that stage of my life. Cut to the segregated school hop. Yeah, this is like the school dance. And this is the lady's choice. Oh god, okay, I know what I just said about drooling over boys, but... Yes, (laughs) I know. It's a great song. A song written for this film. Little girl with the cash to burn This replaces in the stage show, It Takes Two. Yeah, it's a way better song than This Takes Two. And you can hear It Takes Two being sung earlier by Link, but like they cut it, you know, and I'm like, ugh, but like I really love this song. Tracy tries to get Seaweed to perform his dance moves with her for Corny so they can both get noticed. And he's like, what are you talking about, white girl? I can't do that shit. Seaweed knows he's in a world of hurt if he does that, so he gives Tracy permission to borrow his dance moves. I kind of hate that the white girl just gets all the glory uh, for something that seaweed created. Absolutely, but, you know, that's the way it was. It's 1962. She gets out there on the floor and she kills it. I love Nikki Blonsky's audition footage with this. Like, I love there's a great side-by-side shot of her doing it perfectly. The the Peyton Place After Midnight. Uh Uh-huh. Perfectly the first time. In the audition. That's so crazy. And uh, guess who really likes Tracy? Corny Collins. Uh Uh-huh. She gets noticed. (laughs) Cut to Penny running down the street to Tracy's. She gets both Edna and Wilbur and drags them into the TV room, turns the set on for the Corny Collins show, and there she is. Doreen, Doreen. Late. 
how against this Edna was, she could not be more proud of her baby. Imagine, I think I almost prevented her from reaching for the stars. And now here she is on local daytime TV. (laughs) This takes us into The New Girl in Town, another song written especially for the film. I'd kind of like to skim over this song. It's mostly just a montage, because despite her atypical body type and liberal views, Tracy is becoming quite the household name. There's already merch. (laughs) There's already merchandise. Wilbur is selling Tracy merchandise at the Hardy Har Hut. And every, yeah, everyone kind of takes to Tracy. She's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's even driving up Ultra Clutch sales. And she's also now in the running to be Miss Teenage Hairspray. And um, getting more and more attention from Link Larkin as time goes on. Uh-huh. Also, detention is the place to be now at Patterson Park High School. <laughs> because Tracy's in detention all the time, and everybody <laughs> wants to hang out with Tracy. I love how Penny always has a sucker. In her mouth? Yeah, she always has like a, what are they called, dum-dums? Like, <laughs> and she's knocking on the door to the detention, and she's like, oh, Hi, I'm here to see Tracy Turnblad, and there are like fans outside <laughs> in the hall. And this guy's like, where's her ride up? And Tracy goes, she doesn't need a detention slip. She's with me. (laughs) It's like it's a club. (laughs) And this is where Seaweed meets Penny. Oh, Seaweed is so taken with Penny. More like Penny is so taken with Seaweed. I mean, the feeling is mutual, like for real. And I just, I love their little romance. And the only part of this song that matters is when they transition from the white girls singing the song to the dynamites. I, I, guys, the, the dynamites. I love them so much that you're right. They carry the score and they're, they're in so many different numbers. Like, it makes me so mad because not only did they write this song, but they're just better performers and they only get to be on TV one day a month. So, Edna gets a call from Mr. Pinky of Mr. Pinky's Hefty Hideaway. It's a plus size store in Baltimore. I don't like that it's called the Hideaway. As You're in- right. <laughs> You're so right. As in, you should hide yourself away from the world. Mr. Pinky wants Tracy to be their new spokesgirl. I know. And this flabbergasts Edna. She is just over the moon about it. They both are. Maybe we should get you an agent. Okay, you be my agent. What? Tracy termed that. Has fame gone to your head and made you wacky? Well, why not? Who's going to look out for me better than my mom? Me, an agent? You see me hobnobbing and drinking rum and cokes with all those hoi ploys? <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> and as tantalizing as that sounds, Edna does not want to go with her. She hasn't been out of the house in 10 years because she's embarrassed of the fact that she's put on weight. This takes us into Welcome to the 60s. And 
just going outside for the first time in a decade. Embrace a new decade, Edna. This song is just Tracy gassing her mom up. She drags her out into the dirty Baltimore streets. <laughs> oh, Tracy, I'm getting lightheaded. <laughs> There's so much air out here. Can't we go someplace to stuffy? No, Edna. God. I love the dynamites. That I love that the dynamites are alive on the billboards and signs. Oh, thank God they're on this track too. Like they make this song. <laughs> Mr. Pinky, I like. He employs big people and people of color. Mr. Pinky is laying it on real thick with the flattery and the complimentary donuts. And so we're going to dress Edna and Tracy up, right? Free clothes. Mr. Pinky sets them up with a whole new wardrobe. And <laughs> this is where the dynamites come back in. I love this part. Don't you let nobody try to steal your fun. Just a little touch of lipstick never hurt no one. The future's got a million roads for you. John Travolta in this dressing room and put him in a pink sequin dress and he pops out of that dressing room like he was just reborn. Dancing and singing around and all that rubber. Hey Tracy, hey baby, look at me. I'm the cutest chicky that you ever did see. Hey Tracy, hey baby, look at us. Where is there a team that's happening? Fabulous! I let go, go, go of the past now. Say hello to this red carpet ride. Yes, I know that the world's spinning fast now. Tell the bridge to step aside. He looks like he's having so much fun. Like, I, 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 I'm kind of coming over to what you're saying. This, that's what I'm saying. As, as, as this number starts to fade away, like at the end there, when they go out into the street and it's all great. This is so much fun. Like this, the end of this number just reminds me of just how fun this show is. Mm-hmm. Like it, the music, the dancing, it, it, it's all amazing. So a frightfully insecure Amber starts spreading rumors about Tracy. That she's a whore. She fucked the whole baseball team. No, she fucked the whole football team. Like, And this is really pissing Link off. Like he's already been sick of her entitlement throughout the entire movie. Entitlement. Like, in- <laughs> I love it. Entitled and White, yes. <laughs> and he's just really sick of her being ugly for no reason. He witnesses Amber frame Tracy for doing a rude doodle of the history teacher. <laughs> As if I really look like this. <laughs> Big fat beanie. The teacher gives Tracy a detention slip and she's walking out of class. And the teacher turns to Link and says, Oh, and Mr. Larkin, perhaps you'd like to share with the rest of the class Patrick Henry's Immortal last words. Kiss my ass. Link. (laughs) Stands up against your own girlfriend. And he gets himself sent to detention along with her. This takes us into Run and Tell That. Seaweed starts this song off by inviting Tracy, Link, and Penny over to his mom's record shop for a platter party. Who is his mother, Ross? Motormouth Maybell. Oh my god. The Negro Day on Corny Collins. She's my favorite character, easily. She's got the best look, the best songs, and she is the loving mother we all would be lucky to have. Indeed, indeed. Absolutely love her. I just think it's fucking bullshit that she only gets one day a month to host this show. This is the beginning of 
probably my second favorite number. Oh, I w- it's also my second favorite number. The energy in this song is just so good. Elijah Kelly gives this incredibly charismatic performance in this song. All his charm, all his character just beams right through the screen and his singing. But I won't ask you to be colorblind because if you pick the fruit, you know you should find This song is about how being black is inherently more lively than being bland and white, and I love it. I do too! Like, I so agree! More of that energy, because number one, it's true. And like, just the energy, I can't get over it. This is where we get introduced to Lil Inez. Oh my god, Seaweed introduces us to his little sister, Lil Inez, who slides into this song and absolutely steals the show. gives me goosebumps. She's so ridiculously talented. My god, I love this show. Once the kids get to the record shop, we transition into another favorite song, Big, Blonde, and Beautiful. Uh, LOL, it's okay to be big, folks. Tifa's fit in this scene is to die for. That leopard print caftan thing with the cape sleeves, I am living! Like, we can strongly relate to aspects of this song. We are big, we are blonde, we are beautiful. It's the body positivity for us. Exactly. Big bodies and bombastic personalities. It's like the song is demanding the attention of others. I'm here, I deserve to be here, I deserve to take up this space. And then, of course, there's the lyrics that celebrate not only big bodies, but black bodies as well. Indeed. It's just a big party, man. (laughs) Interspliced with this is this whole thing where Velma and Amber are conspiring against Link and Tracy because Amber saw Link get on the bus with Tracy. Amber has called Edna to tattle on Tracy for going to a record shop in a black part of town. So Edna will show up and embarrass her, which doesn't work, by the way, because they bribe her with braised ribs. Is that braised? (laughs) Once she sees the spread, God love her, she's so happy to be there. She turns to Maybell and says, Oh, Miss Maybell, you do throw a lovely party. But what are you celebrating? Well, it's kind of an ending. 
but it deserved to go out with a bang. What ended? Negro Day. What? 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 All right. Time y'all knew. This is where Motormouth Maybell announces to the whole record shop that this party is to commemorate their last show on the Corny Collins show. Like, the ratings are not high enough, so they're just going to completely cancel Negro Day. So what scant visibility they did have has just been completely taken away from them. And Tracy's not down with this. She says, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you can't dance with us then we're just going to have to get you on TV another way. Yeah, Tracy says fuck that, so they organize a media integration protest. They're going to march on the television station, and they're going to make everybody see that their visibility is being taken away. (laughs) Edna and Link aren't down with it. (laughs) Oh, no, they're very uncomfortable. I love Edna taking her aside and just like, Tracy, you can't protest, hon. You'll be on lists. (laughs) You'll be on files. (laughs) J. Edgar Hoover will still be wiretapping your cold, dead body in the grave. I love J. Edgar Hoover jokes. And Link basically says, I'm pussy, and refuses to stand beside her because he's got a big, you know, he's got a big shot coming up because Velma Von Tussle invited agents to the Miss Teenage Hairspray pageant. That's my shot, Trace. I can't jeopardize that. But it's what's right. I'm sorry, Trace. I just think this adventure's a little too big for me. Oh, God, no, 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 that's not what I... I get it, Link. It's your shot. No, Trace, that's not what I... It's fine. I always come back to the way she says... But it's what's right. You know, like that, that, that honestly breaks me. That always stays with me. Like she doesn't even have a second thought about it. She doesn't care how it could impact her own career because she's already pulled herself out of obscurity once just by being herself. And she wants black people to have that visibility and space to also be who they are. And she doesn't care. She's going to do whatever she can to make that happen for them. And it just that is the energy we all need to be bringing to things. Her in. Instant disappointment in him is just mwah, chef's kiss. Love it. Meanwhile, as part of their plan to sabotage the Turnblads, Velma puts on her shortest, low-cut red dress and takes her adulterous little ass over to the joke shop where Wilbur is working. This is where they've done something different with the big blonde and beautiful reprise. John Travolta and Michelle Pfeiffer singing for the attraction of Christopher Walker. <laughs> is some weird energy. It's just a wild sentence, like all of those words next to each other. She is trying to seduce him, and he's just trying to sell her, like, novelties. He's trying to make a sale. <laughs> he's not aware that she's flirting with him. Edna gets all dolled up, goes down to the shop to find Velma Von Tussle splayed across her husband. So that went about as poorly as you can imagine. <laughs> Wilbur is now in the doghouse. Ed- well, the hut. <laughs> yeah. Edna's making him sleep downstairs in the shop. He has to sleep on a bed of whoopee cushions. She changed the locks. Oh, no. Tracy comes to visit him in the middle of the night, and she he's like, listen. You know that this heart only beats for size 60, right? You know I love your mom. And Tracy's like, yeah, but like, I don't understand. How could Mrs. Von Tussle go that far just to make me 
irrelevant. Yeah. Just to make sure that me and my friends, regardless of what color or size they are, aren't seen. And I love what Wilbur says to her. He goes, Your mother and I, we don't see too far past our front door, but you see all the way to Schenectady. So if there's something you need to stand up for, don't you listen to old dogs like us. We need to learn some new tricks. I love Wilbur. He says, we need to learn some new tricks too. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for not keeping up the generational cycle. I love that energy. Like, your job as a human being is to never stop learning and growing, right? Exactly. Also, I can barely hear him. (laughs) How old is he when they film this? Like, I don't get it. And it's also this point where Tracy's like, I think I've been in a bubble. And I'm like, thank you. We're recognizing the privilege. Yes. Yes. I love it. Tracy... Tracy is open to listening and to hearing other people and to realize that it's not all about me. It's not all about her because I'm white, even though the plot is still white centric. Yeah. Um, can we can we can we just glaze over this absolute fever dream of a number? <laughs> OK, there's a number. It's called You're Timeless to Me. And in the stage show, it's actually a very loving, you know, great number between Wilbur and Edna. It's, I love this song. It's Wilbur telling Edna that no matter who she is, what she looks like, she is going to be his woman. Styles keep a changing, the world's rearranging. But Edna, you're timeless to me. Hemlines are shorter, a beer across the quarter. But time cannot take what comes free. Chris Walken is sing-talking, and I'm just expected to kind of take it. Dancing around and kissing John Travolta on his rubber cheek. (laughs) The point is, they love each other, and they love their kid. Yeah. You know, and it's a great, you know, it's a great Wilbur and Edna coming back together. I do love the gown. Yes, yes. When they're doing all of those genre changes (laughs) in the middle of the song, and they do a ballroom section, that teal gown that John Travolta is in. Would I look fabulous in that or what? John, honey, work. (laughs) Now sashay away, queen. I love this funny little moment the next morning where Edna goes into Tracy's room and she's like, wake up, hon, everything's good again. And it's not Tracy, it's a pillow bump. (laughs) Her bed is empty because she's snuck out in the middle of the night so she can go protest with Motormouth Seaweed and the rest of the black performers. This brings us to what in the show has been called the 11 o'clock number. This is my favorite song, y'all. Is it really? In the whole show it is? Oh, absolutely. I know where I've been. In the original stage version, in the original score, this song was going to be, it was very different to begin with. And it was going to be sung by Tracy. Oh, wow. And, you know, Mark and Scott were like, you know... Like, okay, like, I, I, they, they felt the weirdest about this number. Like, okay, something needs to happen now before the action starts going. And, you know, we get to the protest. It actually takes more shape in the film because the protests happen at the end of Act One in the show with Big Blonde and Beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've reworked a little bit for the narrative in the film. And so this song was originally going to be sung by Tracy, but then Mark and Scott at the last minute were like, no. No, yeah, this is already so white centric. We need to give we we need to give Motormouth a voice here. And there's pride in my heart, cause I know where I'm going. Yes, I do, and I know where I've been. 
power that is contained in this song, the emotion laced between the notes. And to top it all off, we have powerhouse Queen Latifah belting out these notes like she was born singing them. And the filming of this is so effective, the way they've shot it. Like, you know, it's a, it is like, it is your classic 1960s march, you know? And it's not very big, but it's something. Absolutely. These people want to be given the opportunity to show their talents to an audience. They are demanding their right to take up that space. It it, it pulls at your soul. I love when Queen Latifah sings the lyric, because just to sit still would be a sin, because she starts crying when she sings it. Because just to sit still. I'm like that's it's so powerful. Silence is violence. Like that yes, and that's the that's the line from this song that has always stuck with me. Just to sit still would be a sin. The thing is the black experience in this country has always been so on the back burner mm-hmm. that I feel like a lot of white people, even 50 years on from when this takes place, can't even begin anymore to understand exactly what black people have gone through throughout the history of this country and the world. They know best how they've been wronged. And white people want to put this prescribed notion of what progress should be when it comes to African-Americans. That's why teaching critical race theory is so important. Girl, don't even get me started. I know. The people of Florida are depraved. That's all I'll say. Well, it's not just Florida, but I know where you're coming from. Anyways. So after the song, obviously, like you said, the police show up. So is Edna. Yeah, Edna's here too. Edna's here to get Tracy out of the protest. And I shit you not, they're ordering the crowd to disperse. And Tracy is just trying to get an officer's attention. And she taps him with this sign she's holding. And the cop calls it assault. (laughs) What? Assaulted? Tracy literally starts a riot. Hold on. Tracy did not start this riot. The police started this riot. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blame that on her. He's the one who turned around and was like, let's take them all in. Exactly. You know? And then Tracy dips out of the crowd and leaves all the black people to deal with the police. I wrote, the police are here to deny the First Amendment to black people again. For God's sake. And you're right. Tracy flees and goes to Penny's house to hide out, right? (laughs) I love how the news report is playing on the television and Prudy's like you're never gonna see that girl again and she's like at the window <laughs> looking desperate and Penny's like wide-eyed like okay yeah I'm coming around Penny takes her down to their like nuclear fallout shelter in the basement Prudy's so fucking weird like this is not even has the Cuban missile crisis even happened yet this predates it by like four months and she's got everything down there she's got non-perishables she's got water Russian language books (laughs) very well insulated it won't be where you're going the police are on their way mom please don't send my best friend to the big house Penny Huff you haven't heard the last of me Mrs. Pingleton things need to change and I won't stop trying to change them I don't care how long it takes good you'll be waiting 20 to life 
Prudy catches them both. She locks Tracy in the basement and she ties Penny up in her bedroom, like with a jump rope. Like apparently this is a regular thing. When Penny misbehaves, Prudy will tie her up in her room and leave her there. <laughs> like we're, la- that's abuse. This is my favorite Prudy line. Penny Lou Pingleton, you are absolutely, positively, permanently punished. You will live on a diet of saltines and tang, and you will never leave this room again. Devil child, devil child. Right as she's about to go out of the room, she takes a vial of holy water and flicks it at Penny going, devil child, devil child. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I love Allison Janney. I know. <laughs> They are saying on the news that Tracy bludgeoned that cop with a crowbar. Oh my god. And then Link shows up to the Turnblad apartment. And when he's like, I can't believe that Tracy savagely bludgeoned an Eagle Scout. (laughs) I love how we're getting so many different narratives about what happened because of the news. It's fake news, everybody. (laughs) Real fake news. This takes us into without love. Uh, This number's weirdly split up because it's Seaweed and Penny... Tracy's stuck down below. And then Link, like, weirdly wandering around her bedroom singing to a photograph of her that's also singing. Yet the photograph sings back! (laughs) I friggin' love this. Tracy, I'm in love with you No matter what you wear Cause without love Life is like the seasons With no summer Without love Life is rock and roll Without a drummer Tracy, I'll be yours forever Cause I never wanna be But this is a great song, is it not? I love this song. Uh, I love how Seaweed sneaks in Penny's window to rescue her from the chains of, well, the the jump rope of her mother. <laughs> and he's trying to get her untied, and he's like, Jesus, man, these knots. Was your mom in the Navy? <laughs> also, Amanda Bynes can sing. Yeah. Like, she's not, like, a recording artist, but she's not bad, like, at all. Absolutely. Living in the ghetto black is everywhere you go Who'd have thought I'd love a girl Who's getting as white as winter snow My ivory tower and life was just a hostess snack But now I've tasted chocolate And I'm never going back Cause without love break Tracy out of the basement, put her in the trunk of the car, and they're transporting her across town to the record shop just singing in the trunk of the car. They're just vibing. And they get into the shop, and I love, you know, the great inn we come to there. Motormouth is upset. It's the middle of the night, and they're singing very loudly. (laughs) They woke her up. So even though she's a wanted criminal, Tracy has every intention of showing up to the Miss Teenage hairspray pageant the next day. With the help of her parents, Motormouth and Link, Tracy formulates a plan to sneak into the pageant so she can perform for the talent agents who are going to be in the audience. Ross, do you want to talk about the agents from William Morris for a hot second? (laughs) We have four cameo spots here as the William Morris agents, and it's Ricky Lake, 
the original Tracy Turnblad from the 88 film. It's the director, Adam Shankman, <laughs> and then Scott Whitman and Mark Shaman. Our, our gay songwriters. The composers of the score. I love it. I love that they all get to be in it for even just like a little bit. This takes us into the titular song, It's Hairspray. This is Corny opening the pageant. This is Corny's rim job. <laughs> it's the Corny Collins Miss Hairspray Spectacular. He's Corny. Brought to you by Ultra Punch Hairspray. What gives a girl power and punch? Is it charm? Is it poise? No, it's hairspray. What gets a gal asked out to lunch? Is it brains? Is it dough? No, it's hairspray. Listen, we've talked a lot of shit about Corny. The one thing we didn't mention about Corny is that he is a rather progressive dude. Like, he's not down with the fact that his show is segregated and that Velma's always trying to pull them back into the Dark Ages. Still taking the checks, though. No, like, you're right. I'm just saying. You're right. He should have been a lot louder, a lot sooner. But maybe I just tell myself that so I don't feel guilty about lusting over James Marsden. While we're seeing this wonderful ad spot for Ultra Clutch Airspray, it's like LeBron and Sprite. That's it's the like funniest co- thing. Corny Collins and Ultra Clutch. Like, this is one... This this whole pageant is one giant long advertisement for hairspray. All that goddamn hairspray. <laughs> They're spraying it everywhere. How is anyone breathing? How can anyone breathe to dance? <laughs> also, while this is all going on, Velma has the police working for her. Yup. White women in that time. The power they didn't even know they had, or did. With the weaponization of the police. With the weaponization of law enforcement. Also, Edna notices that Velma is rigging the competition. You know what? I didn't even take notes about that. This scene is such chaos that you miss little details like that. Velma is replacing the votes of people who are calling in for the contestants with her daughter's name. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. Obviously, y'all know what's coming. This is the ending number. You can't stop the beat. It's a 15-minute affair. It is a very long number. Bear with us. We're going to get to the end here, folks. After all the contestants have done their dance for the judges, they're tallying up the final votes. And since Tracy didn't perform, it's looking like Amber is going to take the crown for the fourth year in a row. Corny's big mad about it, too. You can tell how much he's dreading it. I love the way he gets up there with the envelope in hand and goes, My obligation to announce that Amber Von Tussle is about to get out danced. Tracy Tracy comes down in a rocket ship wearing a black and white checkered mod dress, white go-go boots, hair straightened for days. I'm living. I love th- I love this look. I thought it was an odd hair choice. You think it would be high, but I love how we're going with a more natural thing. Well, it's the 60s. We went from ratting our hair in the early 60s to letting it down and being natural in the mid-60s. Taking that greedy corporate capitalist endorsement out of her hair. Absolutely. No more ultra clutch for Tracy. She goes out there in front of the camera and starts killing it. You can't stop in avalanches of rain. my question. 
this is my favorite song, of course, from the musical. Uh-huh. Where's the music coming from? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Obviously, in a musical, you always wonder where's the music coming from. But it's like, did they record this track the night before? Like, what, did somebody put it in the, the tape? Or, like, I don't know. This is way too late in the game to be raising that kind of question. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And then Link does the best thing. Big pussy Link. Yes. Who didn't want to hurt his chances at a career. He goes and pulls Inez out of the audience and dances with her on live television. Just like she wanted. She wanted to be on the Corny Collins show in front of everybody. The resounding gasp when the white kid brings the little black girl on camera. I'm like, okay, Baltimore, like, come on, get with it. Settle down. But yeah, that's a great example of him using his position to help someone who doesn't have the same privilege as him. Inez gets a shit ton of calls. Oh yeah, just calls start coming in over and over and over again. People are voting for little Inez for Miss Hairspray. We're basically going to get a round robin here. Everyone's going to take turns coming out, dancing for the cameras, having their little moment in the sun as this show is wrapping up. And Penny and Seaweed get their little moment. I am now a checkerboard chick. This is probably where Amanda does her best singing. And if they try to stop us, seaweed, we'll call the NAACP. Cause the world keeps spinning round and round. And my heart keeps on time to speed up. Stand on time to her that's wrong and I found my way. The unspoken first interracial kiss on television. <laughs> Not Star Trek, folks. No. It was Seaweed J. Stubbs and Petty Pingleton on the Corny Collins show in 1962. Come on. (laughs) As all of this is going on, more and more votes are coming in for Lil Inez. And what I consider to be an incredibly positive change from the stage show to the movie. Yes. Corny gets up there to read the results. And little Inez is crowned Miss Teenage Hairspray. Because in the original and the stage, Tracy wins the pageant. Yeah. But I'm very glad that we're giving it to Inez. The look of horror on Velma's face. She looks like she's going to be sick. <laughs> she's not even a candidate. She just got a tidal wave of calls, Velma. But this is invalid. This is impossible. <laughs> well, anyone who dances for it is eligible. Rule 30, paragraph 5, asterisk, down at the bottom. Okay. Well, this also makes you the lead dancer on the Corny Collins Show. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the Corny Collins Show is now and forever officially integrated! Everyone approves. Yeah. Like, the audience is going wild. Like, it just seems to be Velma that's got a huge problem with this. And, like, you know, (laughs) Amber, for all her faults throughout this whole movie, at the end of it all, she's kind of like, you know what? I lost. Whatever. I'm kind of sick of this drama. Yeah. She hobbles up to her mom and she's like, I lost. Mom, let's just deal with it. No, you did not lose. You cannot have lost because I switched the damn tallies. Small Miss Crabby, you're on candy camera. They got her on tape admitting to it. Like, I don't understand how they got this all broadcast. This is like their first live show. And if you don't know anything about live television, there's really only like a couple of seconds of a delay for you to cut away from something. And someone was asleep at the wheel because that's broadcast to every television set in Baltimore. 
Spritzer immediately fires Velma. Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) Also, I love how we're not embracing the Von Tussles at the end. Yeah. If if you're familiar with the stage show, you know that at the smack end of this song. Like literally in the last seconds of the show. We get this redemption verse for both Velma and Amber Von Tussle. Come on, you Von Tussles. Come and shake your fanny muscles. What the fuck? (laughs) And they completely omitted that from the movie. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Don't forgive those fucking supremacists like for real and this is where edna gets her moment to shine do it now or forever wish you had this is so lovely because wilbur pushes her out there in front of the camera in a banging dress in a banging golden red sequin dress and john just he this is his best moment because that dress has a tearaway skirt and he just, it's like he's popping out of a flower. Get it, Edna. Cause the world keeps spinning round and round. And my heart's keeping time to the speed of sound. I was lost till I heard the drums. And I found my way. Cause you can't stop the beat. Ever since the soul world began. A woman found out that she shook it. She can shake up a man. And so I'm gonna shake and shimmy it the best that I can today. This whole, the whole time John is doing his thing, this is where I wrote, can we have our space? Yeah. Like, we're having our space right now. We are demanding to take up space and to be visible. Could you imagine actually doing this show live and trying to sing while dancing? I know. I'm having chest pains just thinking about it. But good thing they didn't do it live. (laughs) Yeah. Good thing it's recorded and they lip synced. This is not lame is. And then Corny pulls Maybell out in front of the camera and she takes us out. And she really just kind of sums up everything for us, doesn't she? She does. Oh, 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 you can't stop today as it comes speeding down the track. Child, yesterday is history and it's never coming back. Cause tomorrow is a brand new day and you don't know what's from black. As we go out, little Inez is crowned Miss Teenage Hairspray, and Link and Tracy kiss under the spotlight. It's so beautiful. You're screaming in my ear. We did hairspray, guys. (laughs) Also, gotta love this credit song. Also written for the movie. Come so far. I think this is a nice little note here at the end during the credits for a modern audience. Right. You know what I mean? We just showed you what they did in 1962 and how, yeah, I think things... I love that the film's little message here during the credits with Come So Far is like, we have come a really long way. But we've still got a long way to go, and boy, were they right. Oh my god, this movie... This is 2007. Yeah, I was just trying to do the math in my head. This movie's 13 years old. Yeah. And, like, I'm not saying this movie's narrative isn't white-centric. I'm saying that they do deliberately go out of their way to say, Hey, knock, 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 is this thing on? We're not done yet. I know the road seems slow, but it won't be long. 
Because this show is so much fun. Movie or musical or however you want to consume it. <laughs> like, it's just, the comedy is great. What John Waters came up with 30 years ago has just kind of had this lovely little life. Yeah, this is a movie based on a musical based on a movie. And we've come full circle. And yes, our message is, you know, we're going to be here. You're not going to stop us. We're going to continue being who we are. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop us now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Same energy. <laughs> Remember when we did Cats Don't Dance, guys? Oh, <laughs> my God. And the energy that every cast member brings to it. I remember being so excited for this film when it was coming out. I watched that trailer over and over and over again, and it was more than I could have dreamed when I saw it in the theater. I mean, same. Like, this show's always been special to me because back then... This was one of the only shows where the fat people did not play the old woman or the comic relief. Or the fat friend. Or the fat friend. Who doesn't get the guy. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the thing. All of this body positivity that's laid into this narrative. And it's not like most, most movies about fat people are about their journey to become hot, quote unquote. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. There's none of that in this movie. That was just so important to me. The, the, the music that embodies that feeling of deserving to take up space and deserving to be visible. And of course, guys, let us not forget the segregation narrative here. None of us who are white can really understand what it must have been like to live in that time and to have to be entirely separate from the rest of society, which reaps the benefits. Why, oh, why can't I? Yeah. You know, this month we've had a very foundational topic, and now I love that we're taking it out on a multi-layered topic of pride. Yeah. In that whether you be a person of color, whether you be queer, whether you be big, we have a right to exist as we are. And we deserve to be treated as people and and not as tokenized, you know, comedy bits. Exactly. And I feel like the whole showcase of African-Americans in this film is a little shoehorned in at times. Mm -hmm. Like, I know where I've been happens really fast. It does. You know what I mean? I wish it had been longer. I wish we had more of that. I would have much preferred if this movie were about a chubby black girl. Yeah. Like, that almost would have, I feel like, had more of an impact. And think about how much more life it probably would have had. But no, John Waters wrote what he wrote, and we based it off of that. As we move forward with the rest of our year, folks, remember, the fight is not over in being anti-racist, in crushing white supremacy, and in encouraging conversations with your loved ones about the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement. And then I think that's a big message in this movie is that you can't stop. Yeah. You can't stop the beat. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. Who that? Who that? Who that? 
Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for celebrating Pride Month with us. It's been a joy. It has. I've loved our selections for this month. It's been grand. But we're going to be moving on to July pretty soon. Single tier. I know. I'm sad that Pride Month is over. I know. This month, I just wanted to focus on not some lighter topics, but uh, just some fun topics. Exactly. Like, some, we're going to be doing some period pieces this month. We're going to be doing some beloved comedies, some good summer movies. Yeah, great summer movies. And uh, folks, uh, Ross is going to be on one next week. Oh my God. (laughs) For our selection. Next week, I wanted to cover the blockbuster film, The Patriot, (laughs) starring Mel Gibson. (laughs) The depiction of the American Revolution in The Patriot is about... mm, 40% at best. (laughs) And Mel Gibson is medium good. Yeah. I mean, he's already Mel Gibson, and then he's medium good. Yeah. But we also get Heath Ledger and lots of B-roll favorites. I'm really excited about it. The movie's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. It's just kind of silly. Yeah. (laughs) And I can't wait to rip it apart with you. Carrie Ann. Can you believe we've almost been doing kicking and streaming for two years? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. (laughs) Where did all that time go? To a pandemic. That's where it went. Yeah, I mean, I thought we would be a lot further along than we are at this point. But you're right. That pandemic just took the wind out of our sails. Which is why, dear little onions, you gotta be on the lookout for that content. Yes, please go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, in the month of June, be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join this little watch party. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming until then i'm carrie i'm ross and as always sorry mom